0: Welcome, welcome to the Cone of Shame podcast. Guys, I have a super awesome episode today and so excited about it. This is my, my dear friend. I love her to pieces. I think she's so wonderful. Dr. Jackie Parr is here. Jackie Parr, if you don't know her, is so fun and so passionate and so energetic, and so positive, and I, I've i known her for a number of years now. Um, I've gotten to lecture with her. I just, I genuinely think the world of her. I'm just thinking think the world of everybody that we have on the show, or they wouldn't be on the show, but I think the world of of, of Jackie Parr, especially. I'm so excited for her. She is a board certified nutritionist. She uh, is a graduate of Ontario Veterinary College. She did her internship and her residency at Angel Animal Medical Center in Boston. She's got a master's degree from Tufts in uh, biochemical and molecular nutrition. You didn't even know that was a thing, did you? It is. You can get a master's in that, and she's got one. She has worked with uh, Royal Canyon Canada for years. She is, as I record this, driving down into the States, headed for Athens, Georgia, to become a clinical nutrition professor at the University of Georgia's College of Veterinary Medicine. That is a huge win for them. I think it's wonderful for her. I know she's very happy at Royal Canin, uh, but I, uh, she loves to teach, and you'll hear that on this episode. So, without further ado, let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame
1: with Dr. Andy Rourke.
0: This episode of the Cone of Shame veterinary podcast is made possible by the fine folks at Royal Canin. Guys, did you know Royal Canin has just launched the first gastrointestinal prescription diet designed specifically For puppies and kittens, these are high-energy formulas packed with nutrients to support healthy growth. If you want to learn more, reach out to your Royal Canin representative and get all the info. In the USA, you can head over to my.royalcanin.com to find out more. In Canada, go to www.royalcanin.com. Hey, everybody, I am here with the one and only Dr. Jackie Barr. Jackie, thanks for coming back.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I have got a, uh, a challenging case that I could use your help with. Are you ready to play?
1: I am ready. Very ready.
0: <laughs> okay, check this out. I have a six-year-old female spayed domestic shorthair uh, in exam room three, and her name is Bella. And Bella has been having some soft stools just on and off for, you know, for about, for about a a month, maybe six weeks, just, you know, in the litter box, the owners sort of saw that. But what's really bringing them in is that she has started to vomit and that's new for her. She was vomiting, you know, maybe once, once every other week there and then once a week and, and now she's vomited three times this week and it's Friday, you know, and so it's increasing frequency of vomiting in Bella.
1: It's just appropriate because it's a Friday afternoon, right? Totally so- Friday
0: afternoon, <laughs> exactly when I want to have a long discussion <laughs> of uh, nutrition history. But we got, let's do this and let's do it right. So, Jackie Parr, how do you treat that?
1: amazing so in this particular scenario i would love to just get a real sense of her medical history it sounds like she doesn't have anything else that's gone on she's been healthy up until this point
0: yeah let's let's say that she has been your standard domestic yep. short hair she's the only cat in the house we know that it's her that's vomiting amazing. uh there's carpet in the house which is why the owners are upset that she's vomiting <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, she has been a once-a-year annual wellness visit cat to this Fantastic.
1: point. And I love that they bring their cat to the vet, so they get a gold star for that.
0: Well, we try so, our, our imaginary total, cat. Yeah, yeah,
1: total total gold star for that. <laughs> so, uh, so for this scenario, let's just start with our diet history because whenever we've got, you know, something abnormal going on at both ends of the cat here, right? I know it's just soft stools, but... Still, that's a difference, right? It's it's different for her. I don't want to ignore that history. Um, and we've got something coming out the front end as well that's not real pleasant. So <laughs> let's, let's get a good diet history. And, and so I want them to tell me what a day in the life of Bella is. So tell me everything that Bella gets to eat from the time they wake up until the time they go to bed. So I want to know, is she getting treats? You know, are they just free choice feeding her? Do they actually measure it? What's Bella's situation
0: like? Okay. So we start off and, and straight up tell me everything that goes into Bella's mouth during the day. Exactly. I love that I love that you give them a time frame from yeah. six AM to what like it shows the specificity that you're looking for in a response, yeah. you know? And
1: absolutely. And that chronologic order really helps people because they can visualize the day then. And the key is you really don't want to interrupt them partway through their day. So I like to let them try to finish the day. And then if I had any clarifying questions, then I would go back and and pinpoint a couple of things. It's a really nice way to just also get a sense of who's feeding the pet, right? Like who's going to be in charge of this and get a little bit of a sense of lifestyle, right? Um, So I find that that one question just gives us a lot of information. Um, and it may be really helpful, because say they give us a diet history and say she's a cat that, you know, she receives a couple of treats from the grocery store at night. Uh, but other than that, you know, she gets fed dry and canned food in the morning and at night. It's a pretty simple diet history. You know, they haven't been doing any people foods. Let's say it's pretty simple. Well, yeah. now that I know what the day's like, I can start asking them, well, when does she vomit in relation to, you know, her meals? Does she vomit right after her meals? And what does that vomit look like, right? Really start to get into some detail on what is it looking like? Because that might help me figure out what we're dealing with.
0: Okay. So when you start asking these questions about, tell me what, tell me what she's eating. Based on what I've told you right now with the soft stool and they starting to have some vomiting on a scale of one to 10 Mm -hmm. with 10 being absolute certainty. How convinced are you right now that this cat has had a dietary change or is this cat is eating something new that she wasn't eating before?
1: Oh, really good question. I would say on my scale of 1 to 10 for an indoor only cat, yeah. I'd say it's it's lower on the scale than it's respect to dietary change.
0: Okay, good. With, oh, that's good enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say lower. If, if we were in a dog situation, mm-hmm. I've always got dietary discretion in yep. the back of, my, back of my head. But if there's no history of her, you know, breaking into cupboards or, you know, the garbage isn't on the ground and they've really given you the full day and you have a good history with this cat. Um, in cats, I'm more likely to start looking down the route of thinking about. Um, you know, is there a medical problem maybe okay. going on here in this adult cat? So, that's yeah, really, I that's guess what you're a,
0: leaning towards. now, yeah, probably. Yeah, not, not, not even really knowing what they say, but that's yeah. definitely. OK, cool.
1: That's sort of what my gut instinct is. And I and I get the sense of, you know, especially when there's both vomiting and soft stools, because the soft stools have been waxing and waning for a little bit. It's the vomiting that's really brought them brought them in. I think that's also giving me a little bit of a trigger of, you know, maybe this has been building up a little bit over time. Things haven't been perfect for a while. And so that's also leading me down the road of, you know, maybe there's a medical condition here that I I need to potentially work on.
0: Yeah. OK, cool. So you take the steering wheel for a little bit
1: Amazing. and
0: let's 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 work this cat up.
1: I'm going to steer us towards vomit. That is going to be where I'm going to start start right. this discussion. I want to know what it looks like. I want to know when is this vomit coming up in relation to meals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know, does the cat still have an appetite? And, you know, good news is she's still been eating, right? She's right. still been eating. She's still been drinking, which is good. But those are all the kind of things I want to know. And, you know, if it's one of those situations where... They're saying it's all, you know, looks like undigested kibble and canned food. It's coming up really right after a meal or pretty close to a meal. Okay. Well, then that may lead me towards altering the management a little bit. And so I may be thinking if she's vomiting, you know, asking some questions about how fast does she eat? Is she one of those cats that lives for her canned food and her kibble and she scarfs it down? And then she causes herself a little bit of upset and then later on you find it comes back up is she
0: one of those gotcha it's
1: it's a bit different if you know it's in the middle of the night and they're waking up to that awful sound of the cat you know the awful retching that like you can hear at any point in the household (laughs) it's the middle of the night you're like what is that sound and you go running and poor Bella's throwing up and it's just fluidy it's yellow it's you know there's not kibble there um and then I may be thinking, you know, well, maybe she's one of these cats that you know needs smaller, more frequent meals throughout the day, just to keep her her GI tract nice and calm. She's got a little bit of food in there, Well, we only feed cats two a day, that two meals a day. For them, you know, if there was a cat living outside outside of your house right now, wasn't lucky enough to have a home, they would eat between twelve and twenty meals a day, small meals, yeah. equally spaced between the day and night. And so when we just feed two meals a day, sometimes it's not enough for all cats. And maybe we need to get her on a three meal a day or a four meal a day plan. And we do smaller meals so that she's always got a little bit of something going through. And maybe that would make her feel better. So we, that history can be helpful.
0: We had a, a podcast recently called, uh, it was on the scarf and barf cat. And Amazing. Ingrid, In, it was, yeah, it was, it's actually, um, I think it's our number one, most popular uh, cone fame podcast that we have. So it's been, it was a big hit. Ingrid Johnson talked and she talked about food puzzles. Yes. Do you like food puzzles for these Oh, cats?
1: I love it. First of all, our cats don't have enough mental stimulation. You know, we bring them into our homes and we keep them nice and safe, but they need things to do. And so I love food puzzles and one of my favorite ones to buy, it's not actually marketed as a food puzzle, but You know, I don't want people going out and spending, you know, 20, 30 bucks on a food puzzle and the cat only likes the box that it came in, which will be (laughs) exactly what happens. Right. And so I send them to like a dollar store and you can get um, like mini muffin tins for like four or five bucks. Right. Like it's just something they're metal. So they're nice and sturdy. It's what you would make little mini muffins in. And I like to smear canned food and some of their kibble in each one of those little wells because you make a dozen muffins and they have to go along and literally clean out each of those little wells so it's going to make them work for their food it's going to make the meal last longer and it's going to provide some much needed mental stimulation for a cat so Mm -hmm. i love that she talked about food puzzles so
0: perfect awesome okay let's uh let's circle back around let's say that this is not a scarf and barf cat you know what i mean that is it's not it's not regurgitation it's not coming right back up they don't think that she's sucking down her food. Where are you going diagnostically from here? In my head, at six years old, there's this voice that's going. I bet it's irritable bowel disease. Is it, is it irritable bowel disease. <laughs> we should say something because irritable bowel disease can lead to lymphoma, yes. and I don't want that like cats. You know what I mean? Like that's the voice in my head. Am I premature? Uh, having that voice?
1: No, you are not premature because I think the problem is we often don't get to see these cats as early as we see Bella. Right? Bella's right. owners are really good cat owners right they're bringing her in when this has been going on for a short period of time or they're
0: or they're really good carpet owners they're really
1: good carpet owners (laughs) there's yellow bile stains all over their carpet right (laughs) so (laughs) it could totally be the case but i'll give them the credit i'll say they're (laughs) amazing cat owners they've come in But given this history, you know, I'd love to delve a little bit more into the soft stools. I'd love to get my poop chart out and just get a real history of, you know, how many times per day. But given I've got GI problems going on at both ends, even if it's subtle at one end, right? It's a bit more subtle and resolving. One of those classic signs of, of IBD in cats is that it waxes and wanes initially, and so I would not hesitate to consider consider doing a diet trial. I would probably really like to do, you know, if I'm thinking about this, if they're up for doing some diagnostics, like a blood work panel, um, I might like to add my GI panel on there. Um, of course, really nice to do a fecal analysis. Let's just make sure there's not something simple that we're that we're missing here, you know. Um, but if I could add my little GI panel with my B12, my folate. And please add a TLI when you have soft stools. Um, I really believe, based on what Texas A&M has done, that we underdiagnose exocrine pancreatic insufficiency in cats. And so if you're going to do the B12 and folate already, just do the whole panel. <laughs> right. Add it on and rule it out, right? Just rule sure. it out in a soft stool situation that's been going on for a little bit. So, you know, I'd like to do that. Maybe it'll point me in that direction of, yes, I'm, I'm trying to confirm IBD, but I don't think I'd wait for you know, necessarily going to wait for those results to come back before I start talking to them about doing a little bit of a diet trial for Bella. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: so you thinking again, I go straight to the big guns. I'm thinking hydrolyzed diet just right off the bat. You are um,
1: absolutely going down the right path. Yeah. Okay. Th-
0: that's, that's where your head would be. Okay.
1: Yeah, for anything where we've got a suspicion of you know inflammatory bowel disease, it's a bit different if we've got a case in front of us um, where there's just say, you know, you're reaching for your hydrolyzed or your novel and you're sort of thinking, do I go for a novel protein based on diet history or do I go to hydrolyzed protein? For me, anytime there's GI signs going on, I'm reaching for hydrolyzed first. If this was just a skin case, and I was going to go down that same route, I'd be happy to reach for Novel as well. Anytime there's GI, I'm reaching for Hydrolyzed.
0: Okay. All right. That That's a good distinction because I, yeah. I really, I like the limited ingredient diets. Like yeah. I think that I can, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of clients that they sort of like natural and the idea of a simple diet is very they appealing it, to them. They get it, right? So yeah. I, I can really, I can tell that story very well and I tend to get good results. Yeah. But in, yeah, so it's always a question of me of, do I tell my my limited ingredient diet story or uh, do I go straight past that and go to the hydrolyzed diets? I'm never exactly sure yeah. ha- which one I push for. So I love this as an idea. GI, um, just go straight for hydrolyzed. hydrolyzed uh, the, yeah. the skin, you can definitely uh, start off with some um, limited ingredient diets. Yeah. And
1: you can do hydrolyzed first for the skin as well. It's just that if I've got that GI sign, I do wanna go with proteins that are broken down. One, it makes the proteins more readily digestible. And so, you know, protein is so important for cats. And so I wanna make sure if there is something going on, that she's able to actually utilize the protein I'm putting it in, in the diet. And then some of the research that's been done, of course, we have a bit better research in, in dogs on this, but just longer waits of remission for GI signs. When we use a hydrolyzed, versus using something like a novel or a GI diet. And so there's lots of great diets out there, but if I've got this vomiting in her as well, I'm going to reach for Hydrolyze for her.
0: Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like we have a plan. I feel like we Amazing. can send them out today. We can get some diagnostics cooking and then we can run it down from there.
1: Fantastic. And if, you know, we could set up, you know, see her, you know, maybe we do the con- the phone call, you know, 48 hours later to see how, you know, the transition to the new diets going, just make sure they're not having any problems getting her to, you know, eat the new diet. Um, I like to transition them, but I think checking in and then revisiting, you know, a recheck with her in a week or two to see how things are going. They right. keep a vomit vomit calendar and a poop calendar. That's that's gold standard,
0: Who right? Who doesn't <laughs> keep a vomit calendar and a poop calendar? That's what I wanted now. Jackie, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Um best place for people to find you online. And you've got a ton of resources that you deal out to the world. You're like a poop and vomit resource fairy.
1: Amazing. And I say
0: that in the kindest <laughs> way possible.
1: I take it as an absolute compliment. I so, need <laughs> to so they, can, they can find me online at www.kibblequeen.com. Um, or they can find me on Instagram as well. I try to do a few Instagram posts every week. So those would be great places. They don't places. want to know
0: what's on your Instagram. <laughs> like no, they it's wonderful. All right. Thank you, Jackie. I will talk to you again sometime soon, I hope. Thanks so much. And that's our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you did... Uh, I always love when people write honest reviews on iTunes. It's how people find us. It's the main way that the podcast gets to grow. And you are the only ones who can do that. I can't write reviews for myself. I've tried. Trust me. I have tried. But they're on to me. So you can help me that way. If you want to find Jackie Parr, and of course you do, she is online under the Kibble Queen. That is her online name, which I love. You can also find her at on Par Nutrition. But uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, I'm going to have Jackie Parr back, of course, uh, probably forever and always, as much as I can convince her to come on the show because nutrition is super duper important and Jackie Parr is amazing. Guys, take care of yourselves. Be well. Talk to you next week.